Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. Back in the 80s and 90s, most rail shooter games were pretty much one of two options, police and military. You were either stopping bank robbers, terrorists, or the occasional space alien, which was the style at the time. But in 1996, that all changed with the release of arcade classic The House of the Dead. Now instead of similar looking soldiers and criminals, you got hordes of similar looking zombies that got crazier as the series went on. Today, we're talking about House of the Dead, an off-the-rails shooter on the Unforgettable Luncheon. Hi, it's your old pal Steamed Hams. I hope you're ready for an unforgettable luncheon. When I was a young man, arcades were my favorite places to be. Be it at a bowling alley, a Chuck E. Cheese, or one of the fine amusement centers in my local area, I always hunted down the arcades. Nothing like popping a few quarters or tokens and getting away from it all, even for a few minutes. Some of my favorites were the light gun rail shooters. You had your Operation Wolves, your Terminator 2s, and your Lethal Enforcers is all quality games in my book. But on one fateful day in 1996, that book got a new chapter added, The House of the Dead. I walked into Haunted Trails, one of the local mini-golf, arcade, kids' birthday party joints, and found House of the Dead. This game absolutely mesmerized me. A game where you battled zombies to stop an evil scientist bent on taking over the world? I'm not sure, because the first game really doesn't go into it. All you know is a mansion full of zombies and other creatures needs re-killing. But this series got crazier and crazier as it went on, with conspiracies and everybody linked to everybody else, so... With four official sequels and various spin-offs that got, well, interesting. You know, like a spin-off where you defeated zombies with the power of typing. Let's see what we got here, shall we? The House of the Dead was released in 1996. It followed AMS agents Thomas Rogan and G, a man so cool that he only needed one letter for a name. They headed to Europe to investigate a strange happening at the Kyrian Mansion, tipped off by Rogan's girlfriend Sophie. He battled through hordes of zombies and creatures to rescue Sophie, along with scientists under attack by the zombies, and to, well, defeat Kyrian. He had a variety of zombies and creatures to deal with, such as your standard cannon fodder, the axe-wielding ones, the strongmen, the waterlogged ones, the totally not Freddy Krueger ones, and, of course, the chainsaw-wielding ones, because what's a horror franchise without at least one person running around with a chainsaw? There were branching paths determined by certain actions or inactions. You rescued someone, you went on one path. You didn't rescue them, you went on another path. 
All roads led to various boss creatures, generally named after tarot cards. Of course, the ending was determined on how well you actually did score-wise, with a letter grade from D being the worst to S being the highest. Get a crap grade? Sophie becomes a zombie. Get a good grade? Everybody lives just this once. I've played this game to completion many a time. Actually, funny story about this game. Back in the before four times of 2001, I was a young knucklehead in the United States Navy. I was in school to be a sonar technician. Our recreation center had a small vending arcade room in it. Contained in that room? House of the Dead. I could play it for as many quarters as I had on me. One day, a classmate comes to me in the rec center's common area lounge and tells me that something happened to the game. Another sailor got pissed at it for whatever reason and kicked the cabinet, scrambling some circuits. Now all the red blood was purple, and the game gave you ten lives for the princely sum of 25 cents. I used that little hack to, as the kids say these days, get good. I haven't honestly played the game in a few years, but I will get back to it soon at my local arcade, The Galloping Ghost. I just seem to keep walking by it every time. But if you ever do come across this game, do check it out. It's a classic. In 1998, a sequel, House of the Dead 2, was released in arcades. This continues the story, swapping out Rogan and G, who's injured in the beginning, for Gary Stewart and James Taylor. Huh. His music career must have fizzled out and he became a secret agent. Cool. Whatever floats his boat. They battle zombies throughout Venice, uh, Venice, Italy, to discover the source of this outbreak. The game is known for its famously terrible voice acting. Half the time it sounds like they recorded the actors just reading lines to read the lines and get the hang of it. I mean... Imagine if this game was made by Tommy Wiseau. Yes, that bad. I never heard the voice acting in the arcade because it was too noisy, but when I got the home version in 2005, that's ah, a different story. Gary and James learned that a man named Caleb Goldman was the man behind the chaos in Venice, along with the Curian Mansion incident. After defeating the final boss, Goldman tosses himself off the building to avoid arrest. His crime? Being the worst voice acting in the game. Oh, right. And the zombies, too. Yeah, that too. In 2001, House of the, House of the Dead 3 was released in arcades. This one differed from the others as instead of pistols, you got shotguns that you reloaded by pumping. In this one, taking place 20 years after the Curian incident... Uh, follows Thomas Rogan's daughter, Lisa, as she teams up with G to find her missing father. This being 20 years after the original, a zombie apocalypse, apocalypse has, of course, broken out. And instead of saving civilians you encounter along the way, you rescue your partner in special rescue events to earn a first aid kit, such as they got grabbed by a zombie and you gotta shoot that zombie lest they get bitten. You eventually find Rogan, along with the man who rescued him, Daniel Curian, son of Dr. Curian. Turns out that he had been diagnosed with a terminal disease, and the zombie outbreak was caused by Dr. Kirian's increasingly unethical experiments to save his son, hence what brought on the Kirian Mansion incident. Lisa and Daniel team up to 
defeat a resurrected and mutated Dr. Kyrian. Now here's a fun story I had with the game. When I was stationed in Japan with the Navy, one of my favorite hobbies was hitting up the two arcades in town off base. Actually, no, wait, there was three. There was another smaller one in the entertainment district. Um, and, of course, the one on base because it's me. I sniff on arcade wherever I go. I'm the only guy who goes to a foreign country and says, where can I play video games? After a couple games of House of the Dead 3 that I found in the arcade at the mall next to base, um, you know, I got the hang of it. I started to get good. Soon, I started to notice a small crowd forming. I'm figuring, oh, people want to check out this game. It looks pretty cool. No, they were straight watching me play, like, because I had, quote, got good. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, they're waiting to play. No, they were just dead interested. On top of that, as I'm playing, I noticed this kid standing next to me grabbed a thousand yen note out of, that was hanging from my pocket, which was like about 10 bucks at the time. This is 2001 exchange rates are probably different. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, this kid just pickpocket me. That's low, dude. And the kid comes back with a handful of 100 yen coins and starts lining them up on the machine. And I'm thinking, first this little shit pickpockets me, and then he's using arcade etiquette to call dibs on the next game? What the hell? Again, I'm wrong. Every time I get down to one life, he pops a token in, or a coin in, I should say. And as soon as I lose that life, he kind of ducks in roadie style, Hits the start button and continues my game for me. Which, you know, I basically, I guess these people wanted to see me finish this game. Which I did eventually. Only took me about $10 or so. I did eventually get the home version in 2005 when I got out of the military. Which also came with an unlockable House of Dead 2. Which meant now I got to truly hear the truly terrible voice acting. Both of which, because, well, I had no social life, I got really good at. Now, I gotta hit these up at the arcade again and knock that rust off, you know. Eventually I will. But, I digress. House of the Dead 4, released in 2006, takes place between 2 and 3. In 2003, actually. Uh, you get to play as either James from 2 or a new character, Kate Green. This time, you get Uzis that you shake to reload or point off the screen, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, to battle the zombies, which I thought was cool. Finally, machine guns for zombies. Excellent. And you also got a button that fired grenades. Yes, about time you got grenades in this fucking game. The players are stuck in the zombie-filled headquarters of their agency, AMS, after an earthquake trapped them in one of the sub-basements. After fighting off lots of zombies and, of course, bosses that are named after tarot cards, because why not, they head to Caleb Goldman's old building to stop a nuclear attack that he plotted before his death to wipe out humanity and start over. Because why not? Of course, you, had to stop, you stop the launch, James dies to stop an attack, and the end. Off to House of the Dead 3, I guess, which still had, what, like 10, 15 years before it actually starts? Okay, then. House of the Dead Scarlet Dawn was released in 2018. Taking place in 2006, the game follows Kate Green and Ryan Taylor, James's brother, because this game seems to be a continual family affair no matter what entry it's in, investigate the goings-on at Scarecrow Manor, 
going undercover at a dinner party. The manager of the manor unleashes a zombie horde on the guests, because why not? The manager was revealed to be a man named Thornhart, who was connected to Kieran and Goldman. Shocker. Uh, he wanted to bring about the new human evolution, which was a tree monster. Of course, he escapes, the monster is defeated, and a cliffhanger is made uh, for the next House of the Dead, which has not yet been made. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I ain't gonna lie. Full disclosure, I've never played House of the Dead Scarlet Dawn, because, well, I never came around to it. I never saw it in the arcades. But I'm just going off of what I saw in Wikipedia, you know, because one day I will be able to get a hold of this. But, I mean, you can't blame a guy for at least researching. Now, there were two, there were some spinoffs, I should say, uh, and offshoots, mostly, most notably Typing of the Dead, which was House of the Dead 2, but instead of guns, you typed words to defeat enemies. I mean, great typing teaching tool, but... I'm in a zombie apocalypse. I'm hoping to God I have a gun. Um, I've seen this in Japanese arcades. Never really played it because I'm like, why the hell am I going to sit here and learn in an arcade? Mm -mm. Um, it was never released in U.S. arcades, but you could get it for Windows. And there was a Japan-only sequel, which was House of the Dead 3, but with typing. There was also a pinball game that was released for Game Boy Advance in 2002. Uh, it was a standard pinball game, but the addition of zombies to kill for points and unlocking new areas, tables, boss battles, that sort of thing. Um, I never played it because I never knew it existed until I started researching for this. But, hell, they'll make any kind of a spinoff to a game, huh? Now, we've discussed the absolute shitfest that was House of the Dead, uh, the movie, Directed by our pal Uwe Boll. But did you know there was a sequel? The Direct to Sci-Fi Channel sequel was released in 2006 with a different director because our pal Uwe was uh, busy fucking up another video game franchise at the time. Uh, and this takes place at a fictional university where Professor Roy Curian experiments on his son Rudy, survivor from the first film, and, of course, causes a zombie outbreak. Because, why not? A special forces team is sent in with a couple of scientists to retrieve a, a blood sample from patient zero before a missile levels campus at midnight to contain the outbreak. Of course, just about everyone was killed at some point. You know, zombies and whatnot. That's how it happens. And the missile hits. But, of course, they didn't get, stop a full outbreak. So... Bleak horror movie ending? I mean, they were trying to set up a, uh, another sequel, House of the Dead 3, but because of all sorts of shit going on behind the scenes, it got rewritten as a action horror comedy called Dead and Deader, starring Dean Cain, which, shockingly enough, was on the Sci-Fi Channel, because the Sci-Fi Channel is known for their top-notch movies. House of the Dead is a great game that just got crazier and crazier as it went on. It spawned some good sequels, oddball spinoffs, and absolutely terrible movies. But I'm still looking forward to the next game, if it ever comes out. Well, that's it for another Unforgettable Luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. 
You can reach me on the social medias at SteamedHams81 on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also reach me at SteamedHams81 at gmail.com. Don't be afraid to contact me. I'm not a zombie. I don't bite. Join me next week for when the topic will be something nerdy.